Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, all right. Thank you for joining me. We're on week two of our Either Or Message series. I'm Chris, and I'm glad you're here. Now, years ago, I was driving home to back to Illinois from an out-of-state trip to the East Coast into the New England area. Now, that is a really long drive, and it passes through a bunch of states, and it involves a bunch of different interstates. Now, it was late at night, and I was driving on I-70 when I crossed out of Ohio into Indiana on my way to Indianapolis. As you can see on this map, once I got to Indianapolis, I would get off of I-70 and I would get onto I-74, which would take me all the way back home to Bloomington Normal. You, again, you can kind of see it on this map of Indiana. Ohio is on this side and Illinois is on this side of that map. So when I got into Indianapolis, I exited off of I-70 and I got onto I-74 and I began this last, really what was gonna be a fairly easy leg of my journey home. I didn't have to change interstates or take any more exits until I got home and so I just went on autopilot and I just drove. 10 minutes passed, 30 minutes passed, 90 minutes passed. I'm listening to Radiohead on, on the radio or, or on my on CD, because it was that long ago. And it was around the two hour mark that I saw a sign that you love seeing when you're on a long drive. And it's that sign that welcomes you into a new state. The only problem was that this sign wasn't welcoming me into Illinois. It was welcoming me back into Ohio. You see, in my rush to get home, I didn't pay attention to the fact that interstates actually go two directions. I chose I-74 East instead of I-74 West. And I headed in the absolute wrong direction. And it added four hours to my drive home. Because in the choice between what ended up being two I-74 options, I chose the wrong road. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is describing kind of the same fact that we are facing the same choice. It's just on an existential level, choosing the right road. He says this in Matthew 7, 13. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Just like I had a binary choice between going east or west on 74, Jesus here in his conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, which again, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's gospel magnum opus, right? It's, it's his manifesto on what it looks like for his followers to live as part of his kingdom. But he presents us with this choice. And he wraps up this teaching, moving away from teaching his followers ideas to calling them to obedience. And Jesus is inviting us to take the step from being listeners to doers, to start applying what he has laid out in the Sermon on the Mount. And as he concludes, Jesus is wrapping things up with a significant assumption that now it's up to his listeners to choose between two roads, narrow or wide, life or destruction, to follow him and his teaching or to follow their own way. It's an either or choice that is as stark as choosing to go east or west because honestly, it's not possible to do both. So last week we talked about how Jesus is the narrow gate in Matthew 7, 13, and, and that following his teaching is the narrow path, the narrow road that we walk. And how, and how we talked about how the narrow gate is Jesus-shaped. It's shaped like him, and it requires us 
to walk through it, to conform to his image, to submit to his lordship in our lives. And if we are going to through that gate, we have to shape into his image. See, trying to follow the narrow road of moral teachings without first going through the gate by conforming to his image and his shape just isn't possible. And the either-or choice presented by Jesus is to take either this road, the narrow road, or any other road. And then Jesus continues to talk about describing the two different types of people who who we can find on the wide road. And over the next two weeks, we're going to look at these two different types of people that Jesus describes as being on the wide road. And they are people who are deceived and people who are deceivers. And check it out. Today, we're going to talk about deceivers. So look at what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 15. He says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Have you ever heard the phrase, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Super common phrase. And that's what, or rather who, Jesus is talking about here. But but the false prophet language can be a little confusing, especially if you don't have a religious or a, a churchy background. I mean, most people don't talk about prophets. And and most people would view a prophet as kind of a fortune teller, someone who can predict the future, or a a clairvoyant who reaches into God's spirit world to tell people secret things God is saying that can't be found anywhere else, even in the Bible. But the truth is, is that isn't really a biblical view of what a prophet is. See, in the Bible, both in the Old and New Testaments, prophets were people through whom God spoke to his people, and primarily When we see a person identified as a prophet in the Bible, we're going to see them calling out the sin of Israel and calling them back to repent and to come to God. Prophets were less fortune tellers than they were people who spoke truth to power and called others to repentance. One of the reasons uh, they weren't very popular is because they did that. John John the Baptist and Jesus were both viewed as prophets, and often the prophets were killed by, by kings and leaders because they were unpopular. But according to Jesus, not all prophets are good. In fact, he describes some prophets as wolves in sheep's clothing, which means a couple of things. First, it means there are spiritual leaders who are on the wide road to destruction. Okay, there are Christian leaders who claim the name of Jesus who are not conformed to his shape or walking his path. Outwardly, they look like sheep, but inwardly, they are wolves. And what do wolves do? They eat sheep. Now, this is an important distinction because according to Jesus, it means there are people within the church and religious institutions who are willfully and with full knowledge deceiving people in order to enrich themselves in some way. They are wolves who are self-aware enough about their wolfiness that they, they know they have to pretend to be sheep if they are going to get a chance to gobble up the real sheep. Even as I've been describing this to you, this idea of false prophets, you may already have someone in mind who you are certain is a wolf in sheep's clothing. The the wolf who sold the cure for COVID on their Christian TV broadcast, fleecing millions of frightened and gullible people. Or the wolf who told his followers to send him money to buy a private jet because a prophet of God can't fly commercial anymore due to COVID restrictions. It's just too hard and his ministry is hindered as a result. He's just got to have a private jet of his own. Or the wolf who wraps him or herself up in Christian imagery to get elected to political office with Christian votes 
only in order to gain power. These wolves fleece sheep to get money, power, and influence. And honestly, for the most part, it's kind of obvious to people. But what about the wolves that are hard to see? What about the, the wolves who are super charismatic and have huge thriving ministries who look great, whose wives are beautiful, you know, the ones whose sheep costumes are convincing and well-applied, who look great on Instagram. How do we know who they are? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 16, and he continues, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So how can we tell if someone is a wolf in sheep's clothing? Someone walking the wide path, but they look like a sheep. Well, we can identify them by checking out their fruit. Thorn, bush, thorn bushes can't grow grapes. Only grapevines can. Thistle bushes can't produce figs. You'll never find a pickle growing on a poison ivy plant. So if someone is claiming to be a grapevine, but only has thorns, you will know they are a thorn bush. If someone claims to be a pickle tree that gives you poison ivy, you will know them by their fruit. They are poison ivy. And honestly, I wish there were such a thing as a pickle tree. By the way, I would have one in my backyard and I would pick pickles from it all day. Did you know that California has agricultural inspection stations set up all throughout the state? Here's, here's one. The reason they are there is to make sure that no plants or produce uh, make it into the state that could introduce disease or invasive species to their local crops or their local farms. And if you're on a highway that passes through one of these agricultural inspection stations, they will stop you and they'll ask you if you have any fruits or vegetables. And then they'll check to see if that produce is good enough to allow through into the state or if it's bad. They are, they're literally fruit inspectors, but they do it for an important reason, to make sure that no unhealthy fruit makes it through that could infect the crops of local farmers. And in the same way, Jesus is telling us that in order to identify if someone is on the narrow road or the wide road, a way to tell if they are a sheep or a wolf is to inspect their fruit. Because in the same way that trees and plants manifest their nature in their fruit, what people do reveals the kind of person that they really are on the inside. And as I was studying and preparing for this message, I honestly had to stop several times because as I was reading this, I needed to inspect my fruit. And I know, uh, I know this is an awkward way to describe this, inspect my fruit, but I already said it and look, we're committed to it at this point. Okay, so just roll with me. But I mean, I'm a pastor, okay? There are at least a few people who look to me for spiritual leadership and I realized that it's totally possible for me to look completely sheep-like while having wolfy qualities. And because of that, it was important for me to inspect my fruit to make sure that it was good. And being a good fruit inspector starts with a clear understanding of what good fruit is. And do you wanna know 
what the good fruit is that Jesus is talking about here. Like, how do, what is good fruit? How do we really tell? And it's very simple to find because all we have to do is go back and read the two chapters of Matthew that come right before this section of teaching in Matthew 5 through 7, which is the Sermon on the Mount. Because all throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is contra- contrasting his followers to the spiritual leaders of his day, the people who he called hypocrites. People who claimed to represent God in his word one way, but lived another way. People who went through the motions of good religion, but they did it to get the praise and attention of other people. They were people who held strictly and legalistically to Jewish religious laws while ignoring the intent of those laws. These were people who sanctioned anger and bitterness as long as it was aimed at their enemies. These are people who took a a permissive and a casual approach to divorce in order to satisfy their sexual desires towards others. These are people who were not loving of others, who didn't show mercy to those in need, who were not meek and kind, and who were judgmental of others. That's the bad fruit as described in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus contrasts those people by describing the qualities his followers should have, the good fruit, the good fruit of being merciful to those in need, seeking justice for those who are oppressed, caring for the marginalized, praying for and working for the common good of our enemies. People who have good fruit are are people who are slow to anger, they're quick to forgive, and they're humble before God and others. They are generous toward the kingdom of God and generous toward people in need. They love their neighbor as themselves and they treat others the way they would wanna be treated. The good fruit of followers of Jesus is everything he taught in the Sermon on the Mount. And everything he taught in the Sermon on the Mount summed up in the golden rule to do to others what he would want, what we would want done to us. Because ultimately, and get this, your fruit shows what kind of tree you are and whether or not you're healthy. So again, I, I did a lot of self-reflection on good fruit because I want to be the first to know if my inside and my outside are not lining up. And even though Jesus is instructing us to inspect and be on the lookout for false prophets, really, this all needs to begin with us inspecting our own fruit. I mean, as Jesus said, removing the plank from our own eye. You may not be a pastor or a prophet, but if you're a follower of Jesus, you have spiritual authority in someone else's life. It could be uh, your wife or your husband. It could be your kids. Maybe it's people at school who you work with or someone who you serve with at Compass or in a small group with. But wherever you are in your relationship with God, you are bearing some kind of fruit. And if you're conformed to the shape of Jesus, you should be growing Jesus-type fruit, the fruit that he described in the Sermon on the Mount. And you may not preach on Sunday and never will get on a stage, but as a child of God, you are called to be the same on the inside as you are on the outside, to bear good fruit. And making sure that we are the same on the inside as what we present on the outside is really important because the consequences are eternal. Look at verse 19 in Matthew 7. 
Jesus says this. He says, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So in case you thought Jesus was exaggerating when he described the wide road as ending in destruction, here Jesus doubles down by painting a picture of what happens to unhealthy trees that don't produce good fruit, to people who walk the wide road. They're chopped down, and they're thrown in the fire, destroyed. At the, at the end of the day, working hard to have good fruit, it doesn't save us. But the character of the fruit we have, it just reveals the character of the tree. Our fruit is simply what shows us what kind of tree we are. And as a result, it shows us whether we are walking the narrow path that leads to life or helps us see if we're walking the wide path that leads to destruction. And our fruit shows us whether or not we are healthy and growing in the kingdom of God. It is the evidence of Jesus's lordship in our lives. And it is the evidence of our obedience to what he taught. And while there may be deceivers on the wide road, there are, there are wolves in sheep's clothing on that wide road, we can make sure that we are not that. So just to wrap up, ask yourself just a couple of questions. First, does the fruit of my life look like what Jesus described in the Sermon on the Mount? I mean, does my life bear mercy or, or judgment? Does it bear anger or forgiveness? Does it, does it show love for others or self-centeredness, generosity or selfishness? You can't correct what's off until you identify the fruit that your life is bearing. Then the second question, is my fruit healthy? Maybe you're bearing the, the right fruit, but it's anemic, underdeveloped. You might be the right tree, but it's possible you aren't as healthy as you could be. And you just need to draw closer to Jesus so that you can be nourished, developed, bear better fruit. Jesus taught us how his followers are to think and live. He showed us what the good fruit and the bad fruit look like. And then he invited us to take the tangible step of entering into his kingdom where that good fruit can grow. And now his challenge to us is to take the additional and ongoing step of continuing obedience to what he taught and to continually inspect our lives for good fruit, be fruit inspectors so that we can evaluate our health and direction. He's calling us to be fruit inspectors who live out the values and priorities of his kingdom. So let's bear good fruit. Let's put one step in front of the other as we live like Jesus lived, think like he thought and do what he taught. And so if you're watching this and you are a person who's inspecting your fruit right now, you may have discovered this, that you are not bearing the fruit of the tree that you thought you were. That your life doesn't bear the fruit of the Sermon on the Mount. Your life doesn't look like the life of someone who's living out the ethic of the Sermon on the Mount. And that concerns you because you thought you were you thought you were on the narrow road, but maybe you're, you're realizing you're not. Maybe just in all this conversation, you never thought that you were bearing good fruit. You've never even considered following Jesus. You've never been a church or religious person. And yet listening to this, 
you realize that there's something here, there's something true, there's something more to the life that Jesus is inviting you into and you want to be a part of it. And whichever of those two groups you are, I want to invite, make the same invitation that Jesus is making to you right now. And that's an invitation into a closer and deeper walk with him. An invitation to make him the Lord, the leader of your life. An invitation to take his shape, to walk through his narrow gate and begin walking a road of life instead of walking a road of emptiness and destruction that you've been on. And if that's you, I invite you to say today to say yes to Jesus. And if you're watching this online or if you're with us in person, I would also invite you to do this. Pull up that connection card in the notes section or at compassbn.com forward slash connect and just let us know. Just check the box that says, today I decided to become a follower of Jesus or I want more information on following Jesus. We want to help you bear good fruit. We want to help you take your next steps and we want to see your life changed and transformed as we join hands together and walk that narrow road of life together. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.